Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you'll hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori Crouch host ministry leaders and A21 founders Nick and Christine Kane. They discuss the fastest-growing crime worldwide, human trafficking, and Christine's personal testimony of abuse and God's redemptive healing work in her life. Welcome to what we lovingly call the barn. Today, Nick, Christine Kane, we're all here to talk about A21. And there is a very serious set of subjects that we're going to be talking about. But you know what? Um, I got educated this morning, Nick. Thank you for that. Christine, thank you for that. And for one hour, we want to sit and really unpack a very serious matter. You guys spend your life engaged in A21 and the prevention and education of human trafficking. So where do you want to start, guys? Where do you want to start? Just kind of the introductory version of maybe how and, you know, what A21 is and how it started. What was day one of A21? Oh, that's easy. Where the seed was dropped in my heart. I had just had my second daughter, Sophia. She's, um, so I was 40 years old. I went to speak at a women's conference in Greece. I'm thinking Santorini, you know, I'm going to do the conference and I'm going to Santorini. I was not thinking of anything else. I mean, you pop out a kid at 40, you want to go to a Greek island and have a holiday. That's all I'm saying, okay? I went to Thessaloniki and there's a little carousel, just a little baggage claim. I saw all these posters of these young women and children. What struck me was just the sheer number of them. I'm looking at all of these faces. I kept reading the word missing, missing, missing. Then, as I'm looking, the little girl's name was Sophia. That's my moment. Everything changed. I went from looking to seeing what could have been my child. That moment changed everything because I saw my daughter. I could not get rid of that name, Sophia. And I called my friend that at the time worked for UNICEF. And then she went on to tell me, Christine, don't you realize these are the alleged victims of human trafficking? I went, what do you mean human trafficking? She goes, they're modern day slaves. I went, slavery doesn't exist. You know, there's been the Emancipation Proclamation Act. There's the Free the Slaves Act. I go, slavery doesn't exist anymore. I had no intention initially of starting anything. I thought I'm going to become a spokesperson for somebody and I will help them raise a whole lot of money and I'm going to talk about this wherever I go. We were trying to find somebody who was successfully doing something to fight trafficking in Europe. One woman looked at me and laughed when I said, so tell me about some of the successes you're having because we really want to find someone we can support. But she just laughed at me and said, you don't have successes in this area. It's hopeless. Before when I'd looked, like when I looked at the posters in Kiev, I looked away because I didn't understand them. I looked and I just looked away. But when I saw that little girl in Greece, I could not look away. When you look, you can look away. When you see, you can't unsee. So I called my friend who worked in Copenhagen at UNICEF and I said, you got to tell me what's going on in Greece. And that is the beginning, so I'm 40 years old, uh, when I found out 
that human trafficking is a real thing, that it is the fastest growing crime worldwide, faster than the trafficking of guns or drugs is the trafficking of human beings. And it was the biggest wake-up call of my life going, you are kidding me, that in our lifetime as we're sitting here, the buying and selling of human beings, not just for sex, but for sex and for forced labour, like is the biggest crime in the world. I didn't know what I could do, but I could never forget that little girl. That, that's what changed it for me. And then here we are 13 years later with a 22 A21 officers in 18 countries around the world, working with the UN, um, UNHCR, which is the Refugee Commission of the UN, the Red Cross, with governments all around the world, law enforcement all around the world. Um, God really gave us favour, right right contacts, and we have seen literally uh, thousands of people rescued, um, dozens if not hundreds of traffickers are prosecuted and go to jail because we are involved in the whole thing from, you know, rescue to restoration and to reach. So we are globally, we run global campaigns in airports around the world, billboards around the world to help people like this go, oh my gosh, this is real, this really exists. And to see how in different continents it looks different in Asia than it does in North America, than it does in Europe, than it does in South America. So we have very targeted campaigns, billboards, airports, train stations, uh, anywhere you would move people in languages in all of these countries to show people this is what it looks like, it's happening, it's hidden in plain sight. Sadly, I think the average American person thinks human trafficking is just a very unfortunate situation that happens in third world countries and that it's really all about, you know, uh, areas that are not around me, okay? Yes. Certainly not around me, okay. So that everyone understands what we're attempting to do today. And there are things that can be done in the United States by the average person viewing this, globally by the average person viewing this, that first of all, going to the A21 site and getting educated. But there, what, what can the average person do? There's obvious things that we can do. Everyone gets it. We could donate sure. finances to A21 for the assistance of your, now how many offices? 22 offices? 22 in 18 countries, yeah. And so that's, that's one thing. But I think I got educated this morning, Nick. We were sitting you know, uh, together and it feels like you told me a half a dozen things that would have never, literally never crossed my mind. So why don't you kind of rehash our morning conversation and and explain that this is not just, um, you know, attractive young women being told they can be models in Europe. Okay, it's way bigger and way worse than that uh, in one sense. Help us uh, with that. So um, human trafficking isn't just everywhere else, it's also here in the US. A lot of girls, even in the US, are are trafficked, which means that they're forced um, and coerced into supplying either labor or or in this case, um, sex against their will. And and the story that we featured in Can You See Me we were talking about this morning was a girl who had um, been manipulated by somebody um, to having sex and then they had filmed her having sex and said, if you don't, go and have sex with this other guy, we're going to post all those videos 
um, on social media and we're going to tell your mum and we're going to tell everybody and everybody know, will know you're that kind of girl. And so then she does it again, they film it again and um, all of a sudden she is now forced to daily um, provide sex which they are selling her to, to men all around their suburb uh, and she goes home at night, sleeps in her own bed and um, the whole uh, scenario that we developed was developed with um, FBI to highlight a situation where a girl goes from being a star student, full of life, uh, full of vigour, to being dull, surly, unhappy, and her family didn't know what was going on. You started that conversation, Nick, by saying mm -hmm. there are many trafficked people sleeping in their own beds at night, yeah. and you go, wait, wait, yeah. what? Well, especially you know? teenagers, because this is, uh, and, and you would see this through government reports, through social media and texting adults, and so it can be um, an adult male posing potentially either as, you know, another gender or whatever, as starting an online friendship. So you think your kids are doing homework upstairs. This is how it happens in normal suburban America. So you see it, um, it can end up kids committing suicide, kids withdrawing, kids taking drugs. It's using shame. Very much. To force people. So that's, let's say, one aspect that maybe is happening in suburbia America, totally. okay? But then there are other other ways. Keep educating yeah. us because I was just shocked this morning. So keep well, I th going. I think one of the, one of the things that, um, that that shocked you when in our conversation this morning was me relaying a conversation that a, a police officer was having with a trafficker. Um, he'd been arrested and um, was he was being moved and the policeman said to this trafficker, it's just like, how do you do it? And it, it was meant as a rhetorical sort of question. It was like, how do you like, do this, like, man? Do you, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And the, the trafficker looked at him and said, oh, it's easy. He says, take me to any mall in America. Um, I'll walk into the food court. I'll see a girl by herself. I'll go up and say to her, you've got beautiful eyes. And if she doesn't walk away and say thank you and walk away, in 10 minutes I can have her in my car in 30 minutes, she will do absolutely anything I ask her to do because he's preying on um, the, the, the desperation for affirmation that exists in our society today. Speak to that affirmation. Um, so much. what is missing in a girl that would be so easily led astray? What's missing and how do we fill that up? Totally. She, she would feel like she's unseen, unknown. More often than not, and I think the statistics would show that, there would be an absent father in the home. Um, uh, you know, their mother, and many of the cases we deal with in North America, the mother may have had, through a whole lot of circumstances, but multiple partners. Sexual abuse would be a part of it. One of the mother's boyfriends or someone that's come through. And these girls are lonely. They're vulnerable. They don't want to go home because they're being abused. They're sitting alone. So the traffickers can target them. So they and, and they'll make them feel like you are special. They'll make them feel like... Uh, they'll affirm them, I love you, you matter. So just imagine if we 
the church could step into that gap and help people feel seen and known and let them know that Jesus does see you. But a trafficker will prey on that vulnerability and because it, it's a lot easier then, then you can emotionally start that connection and you can emotionally, what they'll do is, again, they groom them. They'll start a relationship with them. Then it becomes, and it only takes a few short weeks when you are so vulnerable and, you know, um, listen, we're running out of money. You know, I really love you. I've got a friend. And if you would just do this, I love you so much. And that way uh, you can be, and it becomes one to two. I mean, really in America, you see that happening frequently. How can somebody become involved? I'm encouraging everyone to go to your website, but what would you want them to do once they get there? Uh, On the website, so so we operate on a philosophy of uh, reach the vulnerable, rescue the victim and restore the survivor. And the thing that most people can do, anybody can do, is be involved in that first uh, of reaching the vulnerable. And the the first part about that is knowing who is vulnerable. Um, And we've got parent guides um, on the website that you can download so you can see how your kids could be at risk of being groomed online or or manipulated online. Um, And then we've got um, curriculums that can go into schools. Um, so th- this month alone, um, or in the last couple of months in South Africa, we've had over 680,000 um, kids go through curriculum while, while they're in isolation. Um, and a whole bunch of different school districts in the US are running a curriculum that's taught by the teachers, it's um, satisfied all the education uh, boards, and, and if we can get that into schools, and if you can advocate for that in your community um, with your school board, we, we've got a whole program which will educate people here in the US on how to avoid being trafficked and what to do if you see somebody who might be trafficked, which is call one of the, the national hotlines, either the National Center for Missing and Exploited Kids or the Polaris hotline. Um, and if you know what you're looking for, Um, and have educated yourself, then you will see situations, whether it be in um, shops or factories or nail bars or potential um, sexual areas where where you go, that doesn't look right. I can contact the police and I can give the police the information that I saw. And then we're not just relying on a few sets of eyes, but we've got millions of sets of eyes looking for those vulnerable people so that we can then have the people who are capable of interdicting those situations get involved and solve the problem. What I love is all the testimonies. I mean, we we get to see, if anyone follows you guys in A21, we get to see just these amazing testimonies. And what I love about A21 is that you take the the girls or or the people and you take them through to healing and wholeness. Totally. And I love that and I thank you for that. But just share some of the testimonies that, that, I mean, even during COVID has been such an amazing season for A21. We've had 94 people rescued during COVID. Who would ever think? I mean, today, this morning, we, you know, Matt took me up a mountain and uh, I was (laughs) having to pray in the Holy Ghost. But uh, while we were going up the mountain, um, another two girls were rescued in Bulgaria. So this is like every day. Thank you, God. Um, But there are 
testimonies after testimonies, 60 girls, 60 people have gotten jobs during the COVID season while, you know, we have record unemployment, um, 60 of these survivors, because what you want to do is bring them to a place, emotional, spiritual, psychological healing, and then to be reintegrated um, into uh, work. But we've had a ton of stories. Some, you know, the injustice doesn't stop because of COVID. And so what people have been operating, taking women, I mean, I could tell you country after country around the world, locking them up in apartments because they're shut down quarantine, but then organising um, through the internet so that people know We've got girls locked up here. You can come here and you can have them for an hour. You can come out one at a time and look like you're fulfilling all the quarantine requirements. But we've got these people we've had in lockdown. People, we've had uh, brothels which were offering you the opportunity to host a girl um, through COVID for a yeah. price. So in countries like Greece where prostitution is legal, yeah. so, uh, so that we could fulfil quarantine requirements you can host a girl because, I mean, this is just yeah. where our society is at. So the yeah. amount of women, you know, I could tell you case after case in uh, girls brought out of the Ukraine, promised a job in Greece, end up in a brothel. They don't even know. Like they are taken, drugged, everything that you would imagine. And then you see, here is the advantage of educating yourself. I'd love our viewers to know this because we do so much training with law enforcement, with airline people, uh, air hostesses. Uber. but. Uber, we've got a very big uh, training right now all through South Africa with Uber drivers. And here is an example. I could give you so many, but in the Ukraine, um, because of the training that we did in the airport and with the airlines, there was 11 girls that were coming through brought to the border control because of the training. Someone in uh, the TSA, the equivalent of the TSA, just thought something doesn't look right. This would never have happened before. And held some things up to bring someone else in, another law. So 11 girls that would have come through and been trafficked and gone into who knows what in the Ukraine were rescued because of the training. We don't just want to educate people to avoid being trafficked. Um, if someone is trafficked, we want to get them rescued. But then when they're rescued, we want to take their life um, and make it better than it could ever have been. Yes. And we want to see them move to a position of wholeness and independence. And so we do a huge amount of follow-up and follow-up and follow-up. We'll, we'll, we'll actively engage in the prosecution of the trafficker and assist law enforcement all the way through that process. And I was telling Matt this morning that the, the Greek police have said of, of our Greek national hotline, because we run the national hotline for Greece, that our, our team does about 70% of the work to help them prosecute a case. And we actually even send lawyers in, um, uh, so lawyers in security with people to make sure that our, our survivors can go through court safely and then get home safely. Um, but then we want to see the, the mental, physical, emotional scars that trafficking has wrought on people fixed so that we can get them to the point where they can have their own apartment, they can have their own job, um, they can live independently. Um, a lot of the girls we have uh, worked with here in the US um, have had kids while they've been trafficked and lost those kids into the foster care system. And so we've been able to work with them um, and the foster care system. So uh, we'll, we'll help them set goals um, and achieve things like get their GED, get a job, get an apartment, have a separate bedroom for their kids so they qualify to be able to get their kids out of foster care and their family restored.
We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. Nothing about this subject is normal. So there's nothing normal about the subject at all, okay? Give us a touch of why this is so important to you and why you understood it. God gave you this thing because you could understand it from every level. Totally. If somebody doesn't know your story, the abandonment and all that, give us a touch of that so we know why were you chosen by God? I think, you know, um, I think looking at my whole story and, and we'll say that, but let me just preface it by saying, certainly God uses every part of your painful past and he can redeem go. it and God can give if you a you future. If you allow God and choose not to remain a victim, God will take all the brokenness. So, you know, just in a nutshell here, um, I am, and I didn't find out until I was 33, but I was left in a hospital, unnamed and unwanted. My birth certificate literally does not have a name on it. It says child's name, unnamed, number 2508 of 1966. Let's just pause there. If I was born in Romania or Greece or Albania in 1966, I was born in Australia. So I was blessed because there was a rule of law and you couldn't just take a child out of a hospital. There was a, a you know, a, you had to go through a, a process. process. at least. But if I was in Albania, Romania, Moldova, are you kidding me? I could have been in any orphanage, the very kids we rescue today, some, you could just walk in, oh, that's my niece. I'll take that baby and sell that child, do whatever I want to do with that child. I could have been, um, there's one degree of separation instantly, 1966, there's that, you know, I, I grew up in a environment where I was sexually abused for many years. And so I understand the pain and the shame um, and the anger and the bitterness and all of the things that are wrapped up um, with that. So, you know, 90% of our victims, male or female, know in some way, shape or form um, what that feels like. So I get it. And you just think, I've got to tell you, Matt, every time we put a trafficker in jail, every time we rescue somebody, um, I feel like Joseph, do you remember in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when his brothers, uh, here he is now, second in charge of Egypt, his brothers come back, realize it's Joseph. They're freaking out, thinking he's going to kill them. And he turns around to them, he goes, oh, you meant this for it. You sold me into slavery. You threw me into a pit. I had to go to a prison. You meant it for evil. But God, he meant it for this very purpose, to save many people alive. I feel like that every time we open a new office, every time we rescue someone, I think, oh, devil, you meant it for evil. When I was still in my mother's womb, you tried to get rid of me. When that didn't work, you left me in a hospital, unnamed and unwanted. When that didn't work, when I was three years old, you let someone come into my room and use me for a purpose for which God never designed me. It didn't work. And you meant it for evil, but God meant it for this very purpose alive, that here we have by God's grace, who would have taken this unnamed, unwanted, abused, adopted girl from the back of Australia? Today, we work with government agencies around the world. We've received by God's grace, you know, the Mother Teresa you know, humanitarian award, the uh, State Department Hero of Human Trafficking Award. I mean, I could tell you around the world. Um, Who would have thought a kid left unnamed and unwanted? I could have remained a victim, but here I am in my 20s encountered the reality of a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. And the miracle of God is the very first scripture I heard and understood, didn't know anything. Here I am, born again, was Jesus in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because. 
And that word because, I mean, we wear it. I made these bands for A21 because, but it's from Luke 4.18, because I knew nothing. I was so broken. I still needed so much healing in my own life. But I got the because, because he has anointed me, this unnamed, abused, adopted girl, because he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison doors, to restore sight to the blind. And it was like, there's a because to my faith. And I want to tell that to anybody. Uh, the because, that's why we're even doing this program. Everybody can do something. There's a because. Everybody can do something. So to me, it's personal, but I wouldn't have guessed it. See, I didn't even know human trafficking existed till I was yeah. 40 years old. So I could have kept going over my past and going, why was I abused? It's not good. Uh, you know, why was I abandoned? Why was I rejected? Every one of our victims feels that. So I can sit with them in our freedom centers in Bulgaria, in Greece. We've got two here in America. We've got four offices in America. That shows you how big a problem it is in North America. We have four offices around the country. And so, you know, I've got to be able to look when we rescue a five-year-old child in Thailand and that child has been violated. I've got children. I can't even fathom. I've got to be able to look that person in the eye because of what I've been. I never thought I would be able to say this, but because I know that Jesus has healed me everywhere it hurts, I can look and I go, I know we're not there yet, yeah. but I know that I know that I know that Jesus can touch you everywhere you hurt and heal you and bring redemption. Now imagine if I didn't really believe that. Like we'd be what hope ultimate there would be just this recur recurring cycle of pain, of brokenness, of addiction. I mean cuz because that's what would happen with that kind of trauma, that's what would happen. But Jesus speaks to our trauma. Yeah. And Jesus speaks healing to brokenness and I know it because I've lived it. I'm like, you know, maybe not to that degree. I wasn't trafficked. My abuse happened in my own home. My my immediate family was very loving, but they brought people into the house that they should have been able to trust. And those people violated my parents' trust. So I know the fear of that. I know the, the fear that if you say something, we will kill you or we will, you know, make this public. Or I, I know the fear. I know the trauma it creates. And we're living in a world where people are forgetting to tell people that I know there's trauma and hurt, but there's hope. Jesus brings healing. Jesus, and that is, you know, when, G when Revelation says you'll be saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, I, I feel like I can look at anyone in any office, in any country. We might not speak the same language, but we've got very similar scars. And I could go, oh, oh, I, let me talk to you about the healer of those scars. He brings healing and wholeness and redemption. And then you see people flourish in life and you go, Jesus is the only answer. We want you to engage. And there's a, there's a really interesting thing that happens. It, it happens to Lori and I. We'll pass by the TV. It might be on in our home. Someone on TV and will say something. It will address something you're thinking about at the time. It'll address something that you've been discussing over the last few days. There's always gonna be these moments. So assume that uh, this is one of those moments like when Chris saw that advertisement about 15 years ago and assume that you're supposed to pay attention to this, mm -hmm. okay? So what are you going to notice tomorrow? We that, what are, you, what are you gonna be thinking yeah. tomorrow? What, what, what about some unusual behavior in the kid down the street or in your own home? Or, yeah. Look, I just feel like I want you to, to what to happen to you, what happened to me, sitting with Nick, kind of at breakfast and after breakfast, we were just chatting. 
And it feels like, it, you know, he drew back a curtain and explained something to me that I wasn't really sure I could have even fathomed, mm -hmm. okay? I just, you know, <laughs> you know, you think yeah. of, I could have probably gone, you have a withdrawn child, are they being bullied? Right. You know, yeah. are they, you know, I could have, you know, I could have probably gone there, but not a videotaped event that would have brought shame to somebody. And so then they're coerced into doing it over and over. Okay, okay. so what do you do if right. that's happening? Yeah. Or what, what do you do? The, the first thing is, if you, if you see something, try and gather some information um, and then let somebody know whether it... Who is that somebody? Well, it depends on the circumstance. The first question uh, is the moment you become certain that there is or, or reasonably certain that there is something, then call the, the, the national, one of the national hotlines. If it's a, a, a minor, call the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, if it's an adult, call the Polaris hotline. Um, those people are trained to get the information from you yeah. and then disseminate that information uh, back to law enforcement where law enforcement can conduct the investigation um, and intervene in situations um, and they can do that quite quickly if they've got the right information. So if, if we as the public can get those people the information, they can get the police on the job um, quickly, they can get the FBI involved, uh, that they have good relationships with those people and if they've got the right information, they can intervene in those circumstances really, really quickly. Okay, we're kind of almost out of time. And so, uh, Christine, what I want you to do is think of two different categories of people that could be watching. Think of, of you know, the, the people that really need to allow the Lord to speak to them to become involved somehow. Right. Go to your website, get involved with A21 somehow, some way. You know, tug, you know, let's, 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 let's find a way to tug on their hearts to, to, to get them involved. Okay, that's one thing. But I had the weirdest circumstance happen. Uh, I was driving in the car, I had my, one of my sons with me, and I'm stopped at a traffic light in Costa Mesa, California. Oh, wow. And I'm, I've got my hands on the steering wheel, and I do like this. And I, I whip my head over, and I looked at a hotel, and I had a thought, there's something really bad going on in there right now. Didn't, well, I, I'm not right sure that I said, you know, yeah, I, I mean, by one of the, you know, this is suburbia beyond, okay? This is surfer right. country, you know? And, and I, I remember, uh, I think I actually just prayed real quickly, like, like something weird, you know, it was just a weird thing, okay? The next week, I stopped by the studio and TBN has a studio in Southern California. And I, I stopped by the studio because I was going to, Lori and I were both going to be taking someone that had been a guest on that night, that program, we were going to take them to dinner. So when I came in, I met another guest that I had no idea who he was, but I just met them in the green room and wait, we were waiting for the show to end. We weren't hosting it. We were just there. And I met a police officer who had been a guest on the on the praise program that night. And and I didn't know him and I said, "Would you what do you do?" And he said, "Well, I'm a you know, I'm a retired police officer. I pastor a church." Well, I'm Kevin Brown with Lives Worth Saving Human Trafficking. It's a uh, outreach ministry of our church, which my wife and I pastor here in Santa Ana, California. 
and it's called Side by Side Church International. And the way that I got involved in human trafficking was just being aware of it as a police officer. I was a police officer for 30 years. However, it wasn't until after I retired that I really became really involved in understanding that the women and, and sometimes boys and men who are trafficked throughout the United States, um, that's happening through force, fraud, and coercion. They're not willing participants, in other words. So online trafficking, there's, <laughs> there's so many different aspects of online trafficking. Now that COVID is here, a lot of traffickers taking their victims off the blade or the track, not all of them, but a lot, and are putting them online. So out of hotels, brothels, condos, apartments, you name it. Uh, cars, there's even, they even, now you, you can spend X amount of dollars for 30 minutes for a car date. So they've gone offline and we have to adjust. Those of us who are in this fight uh, to help the victims get out and to end it, we have to adjust to what's happening. And I like to even be, say it even better, not only just adjust, let's get ahead of the game. And so we've, we've adapted. Now we have teams and they're called phone bank teams. And four or five nights a week, that's all they do is they call victims who are posted online and tell them, hey, we have a way out. And then we um, de uh, deal with them that way and um, get the information to them. And that's where our exit came from just a few nights ago. It was through a contact that one of our uh, phone bank team members made. Human trafficking resource line, how can I help you? Uh, to a victim who was posted online and she wanted out and we got her out. This all happened within three hours and she was at an aftercare facility within three hours. And he said, I do rescues in the, in the Orange County area. And I said, for what? Rescuing of what? You know, well, there's trafficking situation. I went, wait, in Orange County, California? Are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, I'm actually doing one this weekend at the hotel down the street at the corner of such and such and such and such. That was the hotel oh, wow. a week before I had turned and I went, okay. The Lord had to get my attention that this is an issue that really exists. The reason it's important to continue to fight against human trafficking is this is a tremendous injustice, not only in Cambodia, not only in Thailand, but right here near Disneyland, uh, right here near Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, whatever, wherever you are. And these women and these young people are being forced to do this. And it's hard for people to comprehend that. And what they'll often say to me is, well, why don't they just go away? Why don't they just walk away? Why don't they just leave? They've tried. Sometimes they've tried. And the traffickers found them and beat them. It's not like they get scolded. It's not like they get slapped. They get beat. They get kicked in the face. So the body of Christ, I just want to encourage the body of Christ, you know, as, as A21 is, is doing this event and they've been doing such great work for so many years. And I just pray the body of Christ would rise up and start getting involved, you know, and changing these people's lives. So think of two different people as you kind of wind this, this up. Some, what if somebody's on a journey of recovery yeah. from what you had? So think about them and think about people that blindly go through life that don't know anything about this. And let's let's pray for both of those issues as we conclude today. You know, I, and I do wanna uh, remind anybody that's hurting and you've gone through pain and abuse, I do want you to know that Jesus 
can and does heal us everywhere that we hurt. You can have a life beyond your past. Your history does not need to define your destiny. Jesus loves you. And we get to a place where we make what Jesus did for us bigger than what anybody else did to us. His blood is sufficient to bring healing and wholeness. And I'm believing some of you are freaking out even hearing this. You're like, well, I've got children. And listen, I'm the same. I had a newborn baby. And I know for some of you, this is like triggering. You want to just hide. Um, and our victims are hidden in plain sight. We don't need to hide. I love what Matt just said. The Holy Spirit, if, now, if you are born again and spirit filled, we can be alert. Part of it, God gives us eyes to see in the spirit. You can start to have discernment and understanding. I cannot tell you the amount of times where I have gone, there's something going on here or here. I could tell you that time and time again. So I know some of you, you are very spiritually attuned and the Holy Spirit will, there'll be a stirring and so you'll know that that is going to be God. Others of you are going to be so tempted to want to just hide, pull the covers over your head and try to ignore it. That's not how we're going to do it. When we bring light into the darkness, the darkness has that. And greater is he that is in us you, than Lord. he that is in the world. I have no fear about that. You do not need to live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. We have two daughters. By God's grace, they've been raised and are flourishing. You do not need to fear. So I'm going to pray against a spirit of fear and I'm going to pray for healing and wholeness to come to many of you. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for every person on the other side of the screen. Lord, even now, as I, I, I pray that you would just open eyes, there would be an awakening. Father, I come against any spirit of fear in the name of Jesus Christ that would cause people to uh, pull back rather than step into this. I pray for a Holy Ghost confidence, courage and strength. Lord, you said unto Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. So I speak strength and courage over people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that there'd even be a, a stirring up of the spiritual gift of Father, the discerning of spirits of of Lord, what Matt's case was and other situations, Lord, you and I know where we've just known something's off, something's not right, that people would know and they would know which hotline to call, what to do next. Father, I pray as a result of this, there's going to be a spike in the number of traffickers that are caught, of cases that are busted, Father, literally in Jesus' name and people that are rescued. And Father, for every man and woman and child that Father is just watching this right now under the sound of my voice. Lord, that has experienced abuse, abandonment, rejection, hurt. Holy Spirit, I pray that even now you would do what only you could do in this moment, that you would go and you would bring healing into all of those broken places. Father, that we wouldn't be wounds that are just seeping toxicity and brokenness everywhere, but Father, there would be healing, there would be wholeness. Do what only you can do, Lord. So touch every person, I pray, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Get involved in A21. <laughs> Give to A21. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week. 